Hello everyone, welcome to the Hillfields Church Podcast where we talk about Jesus, how much we love him and what he's doing in our church. Here's this week's message. We pray it blesses you, but most importantly, that it changes you. Check it out. If you can grasp hold of this, and this is a really hard message to, for some of us, it's going to be hard to hear because we, we're in a world where we're the victims, yeah? There's a world of victims out there, like things have happened in my life, and that's why I am the way I am, yeah? Is that fair? Everyone's probably true, because you're all like, oh no, I'm already don't like this message. Okay, but we're in a place where we want to be victims, yeah? We do, it's part of our nature that we want to, if we do something wrong, yeah? Even if you're a 70-year-old person, yeah? And you do something wrong, you don't want to get caught out, do you? So even, we talk about toddlers, we can hear a few of them out there, yeah? You know, when they do something wrong, they look, they're like, no, I didn't. But even when you're 70 and you do something wrong, you're like, no, I didn't. And you try and find the reason why you did it. Like, it wasn't me. Or, or maybe I did it, but it was because. Yeah, we, 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 instead of just coming to the place of admission, not only of maybe if there was a fault, but also just of the situation. Accepting the situation, accepting that it's happened, what's gone on, and then working through that. We, we, we don't want to... Um, we don't want to face up to the responsibility that is within us. Whether you're a two-year-old or an 80-year-old, if you get caught, you try and find every way to get out of it. And we try and play the victim. And we try, and a lot of the world today, and a lot of the church, unfortunately, will sometimes not move forward with the way God wants because they're like, well, I would, I would, but this happened. Or I would, but this, this, they did that. Or... So now you already know why you don't want to hear this message. Yeah? Too many people, including Christians, live as victims. I'm able to move forward. And I want you guys to move forward today. I want you to learn through the story of Joseph how we can move forward. So we look at this world, we look at the way this world is, we look at what is happening and what can happen to us, what we've gone through, all of those types of things. It's definitely Genesis chapter 35, it's okay, we're going to start in there. Okay, I've got a little conflab going on over here. You said Joseph, but I haven't found him. Well, that's... Truth is, with Jesus, really with Jesus, yeah? Everyone can change. Does everyone believe that? With Jesus, truly with Jesus, everyone can change. It doesn't matter really what a diagnosis is, what a doctor says, whatever. You can work through those things. Everyone can change. Everyone can change. So whatever our mindset might be, whatever our attitude is, whatever has happened, if we truly submit to God, we can change. And there's so many people here that have done that. We already know it works, yeah? But I want to just encourage you that if you are holding on to certain things because you feel like, well, I would, but they did this. I would, but I had a hard time, a hard beginning, whatever it might be, that actually God wants to set you free from that. Leo is leaving the building. What happened to any of you? You crossed the line where you're getting you out, all right? So behave, behave, all right? <laughs> Our security is strong. God. Even the toddlers are getting kicked out. <laughs> Today I want to help guide you away from what has happened in the past that is keeping you from moving forward. And today I believe if you let him, Jesus will lead you into a way of living that you have never known. So let's go to Genesis 35, 16 to 18. <laughs> then they journeyed from Bethel. And when, there was a, um, there, and, there, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had a hard labor. Now it came to pass that she was in a hard labor, in the midwife, and the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you, have, you, you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni. 
but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that's in Bethlehem, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Okay. So the mother of Joseph and Benjamin, who Jacob loved greatly, he had to work really hard to get Rachel. You can go back and read it. Okay. Um, she died. And he grieved greatly. And, and he had such um, favor on Benjamin and Joseph. But he also had another, like, ten sons, which led his other sons to hating Joseph. This is why we started in 35. This is where, actually, some of the trouble begins. See, grief has happened. Joseph has lost Rachel. And in doing so, he's, um, Jacob has lost, sorry, Jacob has lost um, Rachel, and in doing so, um, he is, um, he's grieving. And through that grief, he is also having favor on those connected to Rachel. It's quite a normal process, really, isn't it? Things that you might do, things that you miss. Grief happens, people die. We lose people, it's a process of life. But it also, if we don't deal with it in the right way, or we don't handle the things, the other responsibilities we have around us, we can also impact negatively what is going on around us. Perhaps you are a victim of rejection, where your father or your mother didn't give you the attention they should have. Perhaps through their sin or their grief, they overlooked you. And you carry a mindset of feeling like you are a victim of rejection. And perhaps even if you're older now, it still niggles at you. It still creates anger. It still creates bitterness towards uh, your parents, your siblings. Um, maybe even when you see someone else have that and you never had that. And rather than being like, oh, wow, I'm really pleased with them. You're like, oh, it just makes me angry that I didn't have that. Maybe that's sort of part of what's going on in some of you guys today. That maybe some of the stuff that was put on you, the experiences you had, the, the lack that might have been there. That isn't like a lack because someone didn't meet your expectations. It's just a basic expectation, isn't it, of a parent being there for a child or, or whatever it might be. But that can begin a process, can't it? So 10 sons feeling rejected. Maybe uh, it goes further. Maybe you feel like you get overlooked at work. Maybe you get frustrated and angry at people that didn't have anything to do with the way that you're feeling. Maybe you're just really angry at the world right now. But the actual beginning part of it, where it came from, where it started, yeah, has nothing to do with really what is going on around you. Maybe for some of some people, you are venting and struggling and and. And, and expressing in a way where people are looking at you going, why are you so angry at me? Like, why are you, like, maybe it's a partner, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a husband or a wife, maybe it's your children. And you think, why are you so angry at me? Why, why, is, that, why is that happening? Lots of cu couples looking at each other at the moment. Okay, um, but why is, why is that, why are you doing that? And it's actually got nothing to do with you. It's something that they've gone through, but they haven't actually overcome. And we all have this, I think. You know, we all go through things and we take things through with us in life. And, and if we don't let Jesus go on the journey with us, and we don't let, uh, if we don't choose to give it to him, then what happens is we, we end up creating bitterness, anger, resentment. We start getting frustrated. We start attacking people that don't deserve to be attacked. And let's read on in Genesis chapter 37 now so you can flick through. It says this, in from one, we're going to read one to four. It says, now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is his, the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock and his brothers. And the, and the lad was with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpha and his father's wives. And J Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors, 
But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and they could not speak peaceably to him. So they hated Joseph. Joseph did nothing. Yeah, Joseph did nothing to earn that hate. It was what the father had done that had led them to get to that place. Verse 18. Skip forward. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and he said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to the father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him, and then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. This is what unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, rejection, being a victim can create. We can end up seeking to destroy people around us to tear them down because we have not allowed something that has happened to us. Yeah, we've allowed something that's happened to us to consume us. So much that we make the worst of decisions. Like, they were just like, the first thing, let's kill him. Yeah, let's just destroy this guy. Let's get rid of him. He's a problem. You know, let's get this. That was how far. But that's as much as we can think, man, they're crazy people. Look at them making such crazy decisions. Well, that's how extreme we, our bitterness, our resentment, our anger, our frustration can get us to do some of the craziest things too. It can cause us to make really bad decisions to hurt people that don't deserve to be hurt because we're hurting. And we haven't allowed God to do the work in us. We haven't dealt with the situation the way that we really should have dealt with it. Our torment leads to the destruction of people and things around us. Why? Because we didn't let go of what had happened to us or what someone did. Think about these brothers, yeah? The father has created the situation and in doing so, he has put rejection and lack of identity upon his sons. And he elevates Joseph and he protects Benjamin. These brothers become a victim of someone else's shortcomings, someone else's failures, someone else's sin, someone else's grief. Yeah, this is why we've got to be really careful in how we're working with our own children, that we're not passing on stuff that we don't want. We don't want ourselves to make sure that we're having a conversation with God saying, God, I want you to heal me of the things so I am not passing on to the next generation, not just children, not just your children, but the generation that is in our hands. People are here now. There is a new generation coming into the church. The, the generation has gone before. We've got to make sure we've done business with God so that when we're teaching, discipling, talking to people that are growing up in their faith, that we're not putting our insecurities and junk on top of them. We've let God do the work in us. We've let God do things through us so that we can heal, that we can get restoration. And actually, we can then give that as a lesson. Actually, yeah, you will go through some stuff. People will hate you. Church will suck at times. Yeah, but actually I, I gave that to God and I came through it. But a lot of the time now, if you actually chat to some Christians, they'll just be like, church is awful, isn't it? Church is the worst thing in the world. It just destroyed my life. But it's like, no, not really. Like you allowed that to destroy your life, but you never actually read the word that said you still need to find fellowship. You need, still need to be around people. So you've isolated yourself and you just got bitter, angry, resentful. And if you end up kind of person that ends up discipling somebody, they're just be like, Yo, you don't need church. You don't need church. And actually, the Bible says the opposite. And we've got to do what the word of God says. So, yeah, we can have bad experiences. Yeah, we can have different things that come our way. None of us are immune to that, okay? Just because you become a Christian, suddenly it's not going to be like, oh, it's just been perfect. It's just been, Jesus has been amazing, you know? It's just been just one of the, one of the best rides ever. You know, I just flick away anything that comes my way. Jesus' name, and it goes, you know? It's like, oh, that arrow made it through. Ah, yeah? Didn't get to deflect that one because they will. It, things will happen. The enemy will, will push and push and push. But if we allow those experiences to destroy us or we allow those experiences to dwell within us rather than allow ourselves to be healed from them, we will 
pass that on or we will, we will attack people in our future that will be like, I don't even know why you're doing this to me. And, 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 and for Joseph, he's like, yeah, okay, he's got a coat and you know, his dad's bought him a nice coat and things like that. But really, Joseph, think about it, hasn't really done much wrong. I mean, you can, everyone's got an annoying sibling. If they're here, don't look at them, okay? But everyone's got what, you know, like, so you don't go around wanting to kill your sibling, yeah? Maybe lock them in a cupboard somewhere or something like that, but you wouldn't. So the reality of it is, is like, the, tr- the truth of it is, is that, is that to, to go to that extreme, so much bitterness. So it, Joseph didn't do enough to warrant what they wanted to do to him. It's because of what had been done to them. It's because of what they lacked. It's because of the process that began with Rachel dying that then started on them. And it probably goes back even further because Jacob was a deceiver. And then God kind of turned that back on him because what you sow, you reap. So he ended up getting deceived, which meant he ended up marrying somebody that he didn't want to marry first before he ended up marrying Rachel. It's a very complicated story, but if you can read it, it's like EastEnders. It's brilliant. So if you don't want to watch, you know, you shouldn't watch EastEnders anymore, but you can read the Bible. It's the same thing, okay? You can like, it's like, whoa, this person did this and that, yeah? But what I'm saying is if you really think about it, there's a lot of history there for Jacob. And Jacob hasn't really dealt with that. And because he hasn't dealt with that, yeah, his sons are experiencing that. And then they take it to another level. It is funny how trauma that creates in us a mentality of being a victim of what was done to us removes all rationale to not become a hypocrite and instead become the thing you hate. You end up doing to others the things that you carry around as a badge of honor, oh, I'm a victim. You end up doing the very same thing to people. Oh, I would, I would go on with life, but... I would do these things, I would, but you don't know what will happen to me. But you actually then become the personality of the very thing that you're projecting that you hate or you say is stopping you being the person that God wants you to be. If we do not let Jesus heal us, if we do not learn to forgive quickly, if we do not stop being the victim, we are in massive danger of also becoming the perpetrator of the very thing we claim to be the victim of. I'll read it again. If we do not let Jesus heal us, if we do not learn to forgive quickly, if we do not stop being the victim, we are in massive danger of also becoming the perpetrator of the very thing that we claim to be a victim of. So Joseph, okay, I'm, we're skipping a bit out, but Joseph is then sold to, uh, to some Egyptians, okay? So he gets sold to, Egypt, to some Egyptian, Egyptians, and, um, and he actually gets um, given a role in a house of an Egyptian who's um, very high up in the palace. And he serves well. Joseph, is, he serves well. He has favor in this household. Look at Joseph. Look at how Joseph deals with being a victim. Joseph has every right to feel sorry for himself. He's literally sat in a pit going, I don't really even know what I've done. They've stolen my favorite coat. Like, why am I here? Like, what is going on? Like, he sat there, and, and then they get him out of the pit, and they say, we're not going to see you anymore. We're going to sell you. And he's just got to deal with that. He's just got to process all that really quickly. And he gets sold to the Egyptians. He had the right. I mean, like, out of all the people here, you're thinking, it's fresh. He has the right to start immediately to be like, well, let me tell you all of the things that has done to me. But he doesn't. He moves on. He takes advantage of the situation he's in, even if it looks like it's a disadvantage. He goes in there. Now, why is this? Why is it that it's different with Joseph? It's really simple, and it says this very many, a few times in this whole chapter, or in these few chapters. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. When we want to play the victim... We do not take Jesus with us. But instead of allowing what was done to you to consume you, and then you can pass on to your children or the next generation, do what Joseph did. Break the cycle. 
Look at what's gone here. Jacob, yeah, in his grief, in his deception that was put upon him, all these things, ends up being a father to these sons that he never really planned to have with this woman because he wanted it with Rachel. Now, he has sons with Rachel, but Rachel then dies quicker, sooner than he had planned. So then he's grieving for that, and he then puts more attention on Joseph, more attention on, on, on Benjamin because he was a victim, and then he passed it on to his sons. Now, his sons then attack Joseph. They do a work in Joseph that should lead him to continue the cycle. Do you not I agree. I, I, well, I agree with myself, yeah? So, okay, so... Jacob to his sons, his sons to Joseph. Joseph should be sat there going, right, I'm going to get anger. I'm angry. I'm going to get bitter. I'm going to seek out who's in my way. I'm going to, but he breaks the cycle. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph. And that's how you break the cycle. You don't need to remain in the cycle. You don't need to say, oh, my granddad did this and that did it to my dad. And now my dad did this. Well, fine. Maybe all that happened. But why don't you choose to break the cycle? Why don't you choose to say, well, no, the Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me, then I don't need to be a victim of it. I can be a victor. I can be in victory. So I can choose not to be controlled or manipulated by what was, what was done to me or what was done to the people that did it to me. You can go and analyze it all you like. All you need to do is break the cycle and say, well, I'm just going to break it right here. I'm not going to be the abuser. I'm not going to be the person that passes on my anger and resentment and my bitterness and rejection to the next generation. I'm not going to take my insecurities that I've suffered and pour that onto other people. I'm going to break it here. Everyone's insecure, okay? So no one needs to be upset by this comment, but it's going to upset you. But insecurity, I've been thinking about this, and I can be insecure, so I know that I do it myself, is one of the um, strongest forms of abuse, I believe. Because actually, insecure, you know when people are insecure, what they do is they go, oh, um, I really struggle with that. So really, I really, what I'm really trying to say to you in a roundabout way without saying it is I, I want you to do something for me, in my way that make, helps me do something rather than just being honest. So it's actually very manipulative when we're insecure. We actually put on each other, and we all do it. So there's not one person here that's like, yeah, I know someone. It's like, You're, you do it too. We all do it. Our rejection, whatever, we all do it. But we've got to stop doing it. We've got to break the cycle. We've got to stop kind of manipulating people saying, well, I will. Oh, I, you know, if you've not seen this, like, it's like, just be honest. Just like, just deal with it with Jesus and actually be free rather than think, oh, I need to manipulate the situation. Just change. And God will do the work. You don't need to. If you have to manipulate something for your insecurities, then it can't be God, can it? So you might even get what you want. You might even get the thing that you wanted, but you actually haven't done it the way God wants you to. Why would you want to live in that way of thinking? Such a dangerous way of living. And it's just something that came to my mind about myself, thinking, man, I've got to be really careful that I don't put my insecurities. You know, I did this to Ben. It's a joke. It, was a jo- it wasn't a joke. But whatever. I'm okay. I'm a good dad. Okay. But... Basically, one time, um, I, was, <laughs> I said to Ben, um, I'm going to go for a walk. Do you want to come? He went, no, not really. And I went, I went, well, I would have loved to have been invited out to walks with my dad <laughs> when I was younger. So he came for a six-mile walk with me. <laughs> he was cool. He wanted to come on the walk. But what I'm saying is that we can be funny, but we can also turn that into real, can't we? And then suddenly my kids are dealing with my insecurities as a father from being a son, which they shouldn't have to deal with. So we've got to kind of, you know, I know how to get him on a walk now. Um, But yeah, break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break it. Like just choose to not be a victim of rejection anymore. Just say, do you know what, I'm not going to allow that because actually if I let that fester too much... I just get angry, emotional, it impacts me, and then it, and then it causes me to actually hurt the people that I actually love, the people that are closest to me. They get the worst of me because people did the worst to me. It doesn't, you know, like the people that did it to you don't even get, they don't get any of it. It's the people that you end up connecting with more that get the pain, get the hurt, because we don't take the Lord with us. Break the cycle. Okay, the master of the house had a wife, Told you it was like EastEnders. He had a wife 
but the wife, it says Joseph was pretty good looking, okay, it says in the Bible, okay, and, um, and so um, she took a shine to him, and she tried to, she tried to get, she tried to sleep with him, basically, okay, and, and, um, and she couldn't, he was always able to avoid her and get away from her, but one day, she got to him, Genesis 39, verse 11, but it happened about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me, but he left his garment in, in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in his hand and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, See, he has brought to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came to lie with me. And, and I cried out with a loud voice and it happened. And when he heard, I lifted my voice and cried out and he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So, kept, so she kept his garment with her until his, the master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like, like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did this to me in this manner that his anger has arose, that his anger arose. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in prison. Okay. Joseph has gone from the pit now to the prison. Neither one was because of anything he did. And so perhaps you're here today because of an injustice, abuse that has happened to you. It wasn't your fault. You are a victim of what someone did to you. An injustice, maybe a disgusting act. But God is saying to you, those things you can put, um, that, you, that put you in the pit, put you in the prison, you can be free of them today. But if you want to get out of the pit, and if you want to get out of the prison, you've got to have the Lord with you. Otherwise, we just stay there. And there's a lot of the world that is in a pit. But there's a lot of the church too. Something's happened to them. Something's not their fault. They're in the pit. They're in the prison. But for some reason, instead of calling out to God to lead you out of it, we want to remain in it. We want to say, no, I'm going to just, I almost like I'm going to die with this pride. I'm going to die with this. I'm going to die as a victim. I'm going to see Jesus one day and say, Jesus, I would have done so much more for you, but you know my situation. So I sat in the pit and I waited for you to take me home so I could tell you how sad my life was. And Jesus says, did you read any of my word? Did you read anything about what I did on the cross for you? Did you read anything about forgiveness? Did you read anything about being able to let go? Did you read anything about the fact that I died for you on the cross, that you would be set free? Did you read anything that I have actually got plans and purposes for your life on this planet? And there's so many people that know Jesus or know of Jesus that can be sat in that pit going, oh, I'm a victim. And it's just pride that's keeping you there. And actually just a simple choice of starting to pray to God rather than moan about everything. To say, actually, I'm not going to be a victim of this anymore. I'm going to break the cycle. And because... The Lord was with Joseph in the pit, in the pallet, in the Potiphar's house, in the prison. The Lord was with him. He was able to get out of those places after being in those places. Without Jesus, we will remain in those places. Victims, justified, bitter, angry, and full of hate. But Jesus hasn't called us into that life. He wants you free today. He wants you to know that painful as those things may have been, those things have been part of what has molded you into being who you are today. And the title of the message today is, I needed that. And that's why it's a hard message to swallow. Because you're going to have to take the good the bad and the ugly of what has happened in your life 
and brought you to this place right now and accept it, I actually needed that to be who I am today. Joseph is in prison for a few years. He's forgotten. But one day, God uses the gift that he once used. Yeah, he once had a gift to interpret dreams. Yeah, this is part of why the brothers hated him even more, because he had a gift. Yeah, and he hadn't been able to use this gift. And he's in the prison. And he's forgotten by people. Even people he actually helped forgot him. But God then uses the gift that he once used to get him out of the prison. And I felt like this. I'm going to read it out. I feel this is a statement for someone. You see, Joseph was a dreamer. Is there any dreamers in the house? Yeah, or any ex-dreamers in the house, maybe? That might be a better question. Maybe it has been some time since you last dreamed of what you could be, of what God could do in your life. Look at what, where this gift comes out. Look at where the gift comes out, okay? In the prison. God is saying to someone today, you once dreamed, you once saw clearly what God wanted you to do or wanted you to be, but someone or something threw you in a prison. But God is saying, I want you to ignite that dream again, and he'll do it where it's not easy. You're waiting for it. If they give me a chance, I'll do it. If they give me a chance, God's saying, no, you do it. Here. Now, in the pit, in the prison, when it's not all lined up for you. Because this is what happened to Joseph. He didn't wait. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't where I want to use my gift. I want an auditorium. I want at least a 1,000 people there. I want a microphone and a lectern, and I want my own dressing room. And then I will bring out the gift of dreaming for people that deserve it. And there's not many of the people that deserve it, but there will be a few. Yeah? He's not a diva. He had a gift from God. He's in the darkest place right now, a prison that no one really ever gets out of. And most people, if they're guilty, they're going to get killed. And yet, through that, through that gift, he gets his exit. Stop waiting around for it to all line up. Stop waiting around for it all to be perfect. Stop lining up and say, well, I will use my gift when, when, X, Y, Z. Just get on with it. Take the opportunities that get presented to you and use it. One step at a time, just a step at a time, just a step at a time. Go for it. Maybe that's a word for somebody. Genesis 42 verse 6. There's so much you could tell you about this story, but we've got to get through it. Okay, so, but just to let you know, Joseph ends up interpreting the dreams, using the gift he had, interpreting the dreams of the Pharaoh, basically the king of the world at the time, the most powerful nation. And he, um, and he interprets his dream because he couldn't sleep and he's, he was anxious and, and he, was, he was struggling in life. And because Joseph was able to tell him exactly what was about to happen, what his dreams meant, he was able to have peace. And what happened is because the Lord was with Joseph, he got elevated to be the second most powerful person in the, in the world, Joseph, you know, the 11th of 12 sons, the guy that his brothers hated, that got thrown in the pit, they nicked his best coat, yeah, they, they, they he then got put, uh, sold, he then got, he then did well again, because the Lord was with him, and yet after that, he still got betrayed and thrown into prison, and yet God used the gift that he had, yeah, that we most of us would have buried by now saying, God is done with me. I think God doesn't even like me, whatever. And we just bury it rather than doing something with it. And so, and so he uses that gift. And that gift elevates him to actually oversee the saving of the whole world. That's the short version. Okay, Genesis 42, verse 6. Now Joseph was the governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. So basically what happened was there was a famine, and um, Joseph predicted this. He says there's going to be a famine, and actually if we choose right now to put all some of our stuff away now, then when the famine comes, we'll have plenty. We'll have enough. Um, and obviously in the end, as you read in a minute, they had enough to actually to feed the world because God had shown them what they needed to do. Okay, so Joseph was governor of the land, and he's overseeing 
this stuff. And Joseph's brothers, because they were in a different land and they were suffering um, the famine, they came because they heard that they were, all the food was in Egypt. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy, to buy food. So Joseph, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. But Joseph, in verse 14, sorry, skip to verse 14. But Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you, saying, you are spies. He's basically setting them up. In this manner, you shall be tested to see whether they were telling the truth. He said, by the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother, which was Benjamin, his brother of the same mother, yeah, um, comes here. They hadn't taken him with them because the father did not trust the sons with Benjamin. So, I don't know why. Weird. Um, send, one of the, <laughs> send one of you to let him bring your brother and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth to in who you are or else by the life of fairy, sure, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison's house, but you go and carry grain for the famine to your houses and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. And they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, Joseph, this is what they're talking about. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, did I not speak to you, saying, do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. Now they believe Joseph is dead. But they did not know that Joseph understood them. Because Joseph is where from their house. So he's thinking that they're thinking they can talk their language around him. He hears it all. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and he wept. And he returned to them again and he talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. This is really important. The guilt of their sin. And what they did to Joseph was still eating away at them years and years later. It's consuming them. When we do things we shouldn't against God and against others, if we do not put that right, or perhaps we're unable to, in the sense they got rid of Joseph and there wasn't, they, they, what do you do with that? Like, do I reconcile? What do we, there's nothing you can do. You've done what you've done. And sometimes you struggle to think, how do I fix it? We can allow it to consume us as a people, and it destroys who we are. We can't move forward. We live in torment. You see, an act of rejection from their father, instead of them approaching Jacob and saying, we feel a little bit rejected. Yeah, we, we, we're struggling with this whole cope thing. Whatever. I feel like you favored Joseph, and it hurts us. Instead of having these conversations with him, they thought, if we just get rid of Joseph, if we just get rid of the problem, we'll get the love and the attention we seek. And that's the crazy brain that we can have when we're hurt, is we just think, if I can just get rid of that situation, if I just hurt that person, if I, just, if I can just remove them, all my problems are going to be fixed. Or, or everything's going to just work out, which is really illogical because really when you look at the whole story, it's like they're going to remove one of the father's sons. There's going to be consequences to that. But to them, they're thinking, well, we'll get all the love. That makes sense. We make some strange decisions, don't we, when we're in a bad place. And, that, and that's what happened here is they made a bad decision that they couldn't fix. And then what happened is that they ended up in a place where they actually were in torment from that moment onwards because they didn't get the love of the father. They actually got the opposite. They got more rejected. And they got to see that their, their, their father did not trust them anymore. Some people were hurt us or we will hurt people because we think we will get what we want 
But the truth is, we just cause pain. And we end up with the guilt and the shame of what we did. When all we needed to do was simply come and speak to the person. This can happen in marriages, relationships, with parents, with children, friendships, in churches. Instead of talking, um, the people, talking to the people, we end up attacking. We end up building up resentment. We end up getting bitter. These guys could not move forward because their way of fixing the problem led to more pain for all involved. And maybe we've done that. Maybe there's people here that have done that themselves. Maybe you are carrying a lot of guilt and shame because you thought you were going to fix a problem by doing something you know you shouldn't have done. And that's actually just caused more pain for everyone involved. It didn't fix the problem and you don't really know what to do with it because it's consuming you and it's controlling you. Genesis 44 verse 10. And he said, now also let us be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave and you shall be blameless. Then each man, oh, so I'll just sorry, if recap. They bring Benjamin after having a big conversation with Jacob saying we have to take, we have to take Benjamin. He didn't really want to let Benjamin go, but he does. They bring Benjamin. They, he, he, they, he says, oh, you're telling the truth. And then he fills up all of their sacks with grain. But then he puts a, a silver cup um, in um, Benjamin's bag, okay, and um, as a, as a way of trapping them. Okay. And he said, now, let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave and shall be blameless. And, and you, everyone else, will be blameless. Then each man speedily let down his sack to the ground and each opened each sack. And so they searched and began with the oldest to the, and, and left off with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. <gasps> Shock horror. Okay. Then they tore their clothes. Each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Joseph, Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there. And they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, what deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice divination? And, the, and, the, and I mean, he's just winding them up now. Isn't he? But Judah said, do you not know that I can read minds? Do you not know that I can see into? He's just, he's just basically, I put the cup there, but I'm letting you know that I know everything. He's brought fear to them. And Judah said, what shall we do? What shall we say, my Lord? What shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my, my Lord's slave, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. But he said, far be it from me that I should do so. The man, this is Joseph, but the man whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. And as for you, go up in peace with your father. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's cool. He's like, I'll keep Benjamin and he'll be my slave forever. You guys carry on. You go back to your father. You go back to your father with your grain. It's all good. You can you'll survive. You've got enough food now. It's all good. You off you go. Joseph sets the trap. He sets Benjamin up as a thief. Now, this is where we start to see what good can come from pain. When Joseph says, I will have Benjamin, Judah says, We are all your slaves. Please don't, please, please don't make us go back to our father again. Yeah? We can't tell him he's lost another son. If we do, this is a, he has a big conversation with him about it. He says, if we do, it will kill him. Because this has happened before. Obviously, Joseph knows this because it's Joseph. Okay. They had seen the pain that they caused the father in selling Joseph. Instead of receiving more love from their father, they just caused him to grieve protect Benjamin, and they knew that this would end Jacob. This is what it says um, in verse 33. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord, and let the lad go out with his brothers. For how shall I go to my father if the lad is not with me, lest perhaps I see evil that would come upon my father? Now, what is interesting about Judah, who says this, is this Reuben who was against what the brothers did. Yeah, his plan was to get him out of the pit and rescue him. He was ready to help Joseph out of that pit. He was ready to sort of say, I'll go back, and they won't be there. But they had sold him in that time. And it's Judah that makes the decision to profit actually from Joseph. He said, actually, what profit is there if we kill him? We're just going to feel guilty about it. So why don't we make some money out of it? So Judah's the one that actually comes up with the plan to sell him. So when Reuben returns, Joseph is not there. Perhaps you are here today, a Judah. You have done awful things. 
You have hurt people, lived against God, done things you're not proud of and regret. And the weight of that is still upon you. God wants you to know that even though you may be the one that caused problems for yourself or for others, that today you can come to Jesus and start a new life in him. You can forgive yourself, seek forgiveness. Because if you look at this situation crazy as it looks, look at what's happened to Judah. He hated his brother so much that he wanted him dead. Then he thought, nah, let's make some money out of him instead. That's where he was. But through the process that he had to go through after that, through his sin, through his mistakes, through seeing the consequences of what he had done, it had changed him. He needed that. Because look what he's willing to do now. He's, he, and Judah is one of the only people that has an extra chapter in this. If you keep reading through, there's a chapter about Judah and his family. Judah is willing to lay down his whole family and say, I'll be the prisoner now. Don't do this to my father. I'll take his place. But you can't make that decision. You can't soften your heart. You can't, you can't get to a place where you can honor God or live like God if you remain here. He had to go through it, and it was his fault. He was the one that caused the pain. He was the one that was involved. But he still had to go through the process. You cannot change your heart. Only God can. And some things cannot change until we go through experiences. And when we go through experiences, even if we are the perpetrator of the consequences that we've had to go through, it can change us. And it changed jo J um, Judah. There are so many levels to this story. Joseph breaks the cycle. Judah lets it change him. And he's at fault. We can look at you. You're a disgusting human being. Did you see what you did? Ah. But he saw the pain he caused and he let it change him. Now, if you cause a lot of pain for people or you create um, situations where you hurt people and you keep doing it and you keep doing it, that's a problem. But if you make a mistake, if you hurt someone or you, 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 you sin and it has consequences and you know and you start to see the consequences of your sin and you allow that to impact you the way it should to convict you, you can get to where Judah was, which is willing to lay down his life for the one he was willing to murder. Only Jesus can do that. And so Judah needed that. He needed to make the worst of decisions so he could actually come to a place of being willing to lay down his life. This message isn't just about what was done to you. It could be what you've done to others. I want you to know this is the Jesus I serve. It's not an easy message to hear because people are here are probably victims of abuse and saying, you don't understand the abusers. I do understand the abusers. I do get it. I understand it. But the reality of it is Jesus came and died for everybody. And so the redemption of every soul, every life is there for anyone that would openly take it. Not everyone does. And some people stay in that torment and some people reject God. And some people let that pride. And like I said, some people keep hurting and keep hurting and they'll never change. There are those people that exist. But there can be Judas. There can be people that did things that were bad, thought things that were bad, put things in place that hurt others. But if... If they allow it to change them, if they allow God to start to do a work in them, only Jesus can change the heart like that. But he can change the heart like that. Don't look at some people. There's some people out there that are pretty evil. You probably know who they are. Dust your feet off and stay away from them, okay? But there are other people out there that you don't need to write off either because they can actually get there. Because Jesus' plan for their life, yeah? And you don't even have to be involved in it. Joseph wasn't involved in it. You don't have to be their savior if they can get there themselves, if they really want it. Sometimes we think, oh, I've got to be in somebody's life that hurt me. Not really. Joseph didn't have to see that change in Judah. Judah went through that with God.
Sometimes it's our mistakes that we need to make us better people. We can be the blame people that blame everyone else's mistakes. Yes, we can be that. But sometimes we make mistakes, believe it or not. Yeah? And we sometimes need that too. Making a mistake can lead us to be a better person. Can lead us to honor God with our future. 45, chapter 45. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So, he, so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the, and the house of Pharaoh could hear it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. What an incredible statement. And this is what God wants you to do today. This is why you don't want to hear it. Do not be angry or grieve yourselves. Are you willing to say that to certain people or willing to give that to God? Because you sold me here. But God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. In verse 8, Joseph says these incredible words. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. There are people here I know are victims of abuse. Stop giving them too much credit. It was not them that sent you here. But God, because you're stronger for it. You have wisdom through it. Does God ever want us to go through that stuff? Oh, no way does he. But we will because that's the nature of this world. But God uses it. And he brings us through it. And are we willing to say things to people like, I am here today with Jesus. And you may, they may even be apologetic to you. Are you even willing to hear their apology and be like, I don't even need the apology because I already understand in my spirit that without that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I may not have even known Jesus without that. And it, that helped me bring me to a place where I would know God. You see, Joseph went through the process, but it says, but God was with him. So he went through the journey with God. Maybe God knows, and this is all just surmising, I do not know, but maybe if Joseph had stayed, stayed on the path he was on in that time, it would look very different. His brothers left him alone. It was all fine. God knew that Joseph, for him to be drawing as close as he could to God, God knew that he would go, need to go in a pit and, and, and a prison so that he could have a better relationship with the Father so that he could hear from God to save the world. Because it's not about you. It's about what God can do through you. It's about what God can do through your life. And this is what Joseph understood. He understood, look, I've had time to think about this. Yeah? Do not even grieve it. Don't even think about it anymore. Because now I see the bigger picture. I understand that I'm here for a reason. And you were part of the story to get me to where I am. So people might have done some stuff to you. But let them go. Let them go. Don't keep the bitterness. Don't keep the resentment. Don't keep the anger. Don't stay in the pit. Don't stay in the prison. Let it go and accept. I know Jesus. Yeah? Do you know Jesus? You know Jesus. And I must only know Jesus in the way I did do because of that. That helped me. 
The rejection I went through, the rejection of my father or the rejection of my mother or, or the brothers or whatever it might be. That relationship, that husband or that wife that, that didn't honor their vows. But what it has done, yes, there's brokenness and pain. Joseph was in a prison. It doesn't write about it, but he was in prisons and he was in pits. He had a lot of time to think. He would have had to go through a lot of stuff with God. He would have had to let God heal him and restore him and do things through him. Just because he's a human being like the rest of us. But he didn't allow it to create him into being a victim. He kept going with God and he says, no, do you know what? Yeah, they did that to me. But God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? So I'm going to ask everyone here who is struggling with being a victim either of their own sin or the sins of others to look at their life from a different point of view. All the haters, the abuse, your mistakes, their mistakes, their rejection, your hate, your anger, their discouragements, all of it is part of your story. And if your story helped lead you to Jesus or into a deeper relationship with Jesus, the greatest decision we've all ever made, then we've got to own that and accept that and say, yeah, I needed that. I needed that. If I actually got things the way I thought, maybe I would never have needed God because I would have had all the love I wanted and all the money I wanted and all the, uh, the materialism I wanted. And maybe I wouldn't have called out to God as much. Maybe I wouldn't have said, God, is there more than this? Maybe I wouldn't have needed him. And maybe it's the same for you. Are you able today to say, I needed that actually. That person that abused me, I needed it. I didn't want it. I'm not happy I went for it, but that has helped mold me into the person I am. That helped lead me to Jesus. That is going to help me to help lead others to Jesus. When I was six, my parents divorced. My mom married an abusive man, a man who was mentally and physically abusive, a violent man. This made me, first of all, into a person that hated adults. Yeah, I couldn't connect with adults. I couldn't stand them. Um, my head was down a lot. It caused me to set myself apart from that life. So my stepfather was into drugs and going out and doing stuff. And um, I have a sister, and she was kind of more involved in that. But I was like, I don't want anything to do with that guy. So I just stayed out of it. I just played football, basically. I just went out, played football, kept my head down, got on with life. I just... Went through whatever I went through, dealt with whatever came my way. I didn't have a relationship with my mom because she was in this relationship with this man. But I didn't get caught up in the drug and the drink culture that they were in. I was like Judah and the brothers, rejected, yeah? My father could see me every other weekend. And sometimes he would see me once in a year. I could easily be a victim of abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, and rejection. In 1996, after I failed my GCSE, so if you failed your GCSEs this week or whatever, there's a future, you got a chance. Okay, um, I met a friend who invited me to church. I eventually came, I gave my life to Jesus, and I promise you this, I still have pain at times, I still have to feel things, still feel things, but I promise you this, as soon as I knew that Jesus was my Lord and Savior and what he had done for my life, that he had rescued me from hell, that he had died for me on the cross, that he had given me an identity that I hadn't been given by anyone else. As soon as that was put on me and I understood that, which didn't take very long, as soon as that was in my life, I didn't regret one thing that had ever happened to me. Because without it, I wouldn't have made that decision. And there are people here with far worse backgrounds than I've got. But this is why you've got to come to the conclusion, the same thing. Are you willing to accept that if you've made the greatest decision anyone can ever make, if you are stronger in your relationship with God, and you've done that all despite 
all the junk that has happened, all the things that people did, all the mistakes you made too, you've still been able to get to that place. Then I pray that you'll be able to have peace in your spirit that will be able to say, actually, I needed that. I needed that. And that's why it's a hard message to swallow. Because I think a lot of us still want to be victims. No, no, I need to tell you more about what happened to me. I need to, I need to let it fester more. You need to hear it more. It's like for, what, 30 years solid? You need to know what. Let it go. Let it go. And just be able to say, really say in your spirit, I needed that. I don't want it, but I needed it. Because without it, I would never have called on the name of Jesus. And if you have called on the name of Jesus and you die tonight, you will be in heaven. You won't even care about what happened on this planet. You would just be thankful that you are saved. So if it led to the day that you got saved, not because you got an easier life, a better life, yeah? But because you got an eternal life with Jesus.